Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us. And I have Kate Trecarico in the house. And I just have to say, I'm already cracking up. Not that this is a comedy <laughs> show, but I love her and her energy is so great. And we go way back and she's doing amazing things and amazing things for families for children with the more learning uh health center school it's you know academically socially emotionally supportive Mm -hmm. it's a holistic school it is holistic with a w because we work with the whole body mind and spirit tell me why in the heck would you do this amazing thing because (laughs) you are your mother I am. You're raising your own child. I am. You've got things to do, mm-hmm. places to be, mm-hmm. and you formed this amazing school. Yes. Tell um, me about it. It was more out of necessity than it was by choice. I am a Pilates instructor and a certified personal trainer by trade. Um, but I had a very, very difficult time finding a place for my son here locally. Um, I grew up in New York City. I had the best education um, and moved to South Florida uh, I had a child and then realized things run a little bit differently here. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in seven schools before the age of five. Uh, at three years old, he was diagnosed in the autism spectrum. We found out after the years that there are some different things at play, but long story short, none of the schools were providing what they said they were going to provide. Um, and nobody was meeting his needs. So I had to step in. Mm. And, and so... It, it, it is, as a mother, as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a father, obviously, and um, that for a time had to be a tragic, confusing letdown of the system, letdown of, you know, this is supposed to be basic, like there's supposed to be things out there for our children to educate them, right? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I was like on a heap on the floor in my house in tears mm-hmm. saying, why isn't anybody helping my baby? Right. You know, um, because at least the way... I was raised, it was like you find an expert, right, mm-hmm. in the field that you're trying to accomplish something in, whether that's a doctor right. or a teacher or a therapist mm-hmm. or, you know, a Pilates instructor, whatever. And then you trust that person to do what they say they're going to do. Right. Um, you don't think you have to ask them, hover, all that stuff, but it turns out a lot of the time you do, especially when you get into the realm of addressing special needs. Right. Um, we, I, More Learning Center is not a school for, for children with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we provide a curated, holistic learning experience for the highly sensitive learner and their families. Okay. Let's, let's pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Highly sensitive learner. Yes. That's emotionally, mentally, It's basically everybody, okay. and yes, <laughs> it's right. all the things. Okay. We're seeing this more... I think, in my opinion, lately, mm-hmm. in, in children and people and adults, mm-hmm. we're becoming highly sensitive. I think 
there's a reason why so many adults don't want to go back into the workplace, for instance. They're, they're, they're claiming that there's a level of anxiety about returning to workplace that they don't feel they can cope with anymore. Mm-hmm. So what is it that's increasing the sensitivity in us and in our children and the generations to come? And is this a bad thing? I don't know that it is. I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at my son, and he's pure magic. Mm-hmm. His, his name is Max. I call him Maxie Stardust, yeah. like Ziggy Stardust, because he is. He's like he came from somewhere else, and he just – this world is too much for him. It's mm-hmm. too um, invasive, too mm-hmm. accosting to the senses. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what part of this world? Because obviously there the are sounds, parts the that smells, are not. Yeah. The and, and and the expectations. Okay. You know, um, and that's what really landed. So more us of here. more of a civilization aspect of this Absolutely. world, what we call civilization. Yeah. If okay. we could just let him go in the woods, he'd be fine. Right. So nature, <laughs> the nature part of this world is still a good place. Totally. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think the last two and a half years have. And with COVID and all of that, have had this effect on people where we've realized what's really important and mm-hmm. what really feeds us and what really feeds our soul. Right. Um, and you know, even though I participated, I can tell you with like a fair amount of clarity that it's not like Instagram. Right. Y- you know, or the um, news. Or yeah. Sitting in your house and yeah, or as much as I love them, the Real Housewives. Every, every, yeah. yeah. Every moment. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. But stuff. the people who use the opportunity to go spend more time, like you said, in the woods or in nature in general, the beach or what have you. Or reading a book about something they're interested in or spending time with someone they care about. Those people thrived and came out of that whole time differently. Yeah. And better. Yes. Um, And I I think that's that increased sensitivity, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, reconnection to self and and what that needs. Uh, What makes you different as a parent? Because obviously for you to talk this way, for you to feel this way, for you to be able to mother and then teach other children, other parents' children this way, there has to be some changes in you. Did it come from your parents? Did it come from uh, other mentors? Um, I think I'm very much like my son in a lot of ways. And, And for me, the pain of staying the same outweighed the pain of change. Okay. All right. You know, um, I I'm the type, and I think this says this is my parents. You know, my my father's an extraordinarily hard worker, and that's been instilled at me from a young age. But okay. there was always this: if you don't like it, okay. change it. Right. So if you don't like it, fix it. Um, or as one comment <laughs> that has stuck with me, uh, and it was put to me by my wife: uh, you're either going to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Absolutely. And I try to live in solution. Right. You know? So I guess that's what made it different. I just saw so many parents. Like, I know how painful it was for me. Yeah. And I started to get very resentful because I'm still trying to do, like, my regular job and teach yeah. my – I was teaching 22 Pilates classes a week. Right. In 2019. That's a lot working right. in fitness. Right. And – um. You know, we found out some stuff was going on in, in a Palm Beach County school that really wasn't meeting my son's needs, okay. a public school. He was in an ESE classroom, so a special needs classroom. Um, and I found out that day, and he never got back on the bus. I called my boss, and I said, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not coming back. Because mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. Right. It's not enough. Just to be on the, a little bit, it might be personal in a way, but as a father... I'm curious, how does your son's father 
deal with all of this? How is he? How is he um, involved? Is he very hands-on, or does he let you take take the reins? Um, which is typical these days. It's very much. A, he's amazing. Okay. He's he's very hands-on. Okay. Um, but he does definitely kind of let me direct. Right, and then support. Because um, I'm the guy that's I'm like the man on the on the street. Right. You know, right. I'm I'm in it all day every day. Right. Um, he's in it for sure, but right. he goes to a job during the day. Right, so, so he's, he's more supportive, supportive role. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but it's like we're learning together right. because we're unlearning all of the things that were taught to us as children, yeah. you know, and that were taught to us in school. Um, yeah, it's just so important, I think, present fathers, you just don't see a lot of them. And no. when, you, when you have that, it, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. He sent me he sent me a, a text on my way here and it was Apple Cash and he goes, Go get yourself a coffee on the way. Good luck. Oh. You know, I, and that helps. Simple. Yeah. So little things. That's it. And Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, so you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Max. Mm-hmm. And speaking about sensitivity, um, I think, you know, for me it was just a normal interaction mm-hmm. because you know, once you can connect with someone, it's not that they're sensitive or not sensitive. It's just you're being sensitive, they're being sensitive. You're just sensing each other. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I when I have the pleasure of treating and being a physician or what have you or just hanging out with children that are considered to be sensitive, I, I find that there's no difference in them other than they're more aware and interacting whereas it's almost like the other children are shut down and shut off and not as emotional as they should be absolutely you know like my children are very sensitive but that's a good thing like i don't like it when they're shut down or not communicating or not searching or asking questions or not laughing or well, because <laughs> yeah. what what are they having to do right. to keep that in right you know and that was the thing that's so hard to watch about where we've gone in this country with education mm. is it's like sit down shut up right. do what you're told right right and like that was the opposite of how mm. i was educated right you know and i know that i i had a very special very privileged educational opportunity i went to a private all-girls school in new york right. city but the one thing they said was question everything mm-hmm, read mm-hmm. everything yeah, yeah and and for me i didn't i you know it was down to the teachers yeah it was a rarity, but the I can tell you the names of, and I've mentioned mm-hmm. them several times over the years on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Mrs. Al- Mr. Auslander in my sixth grade who taught me about, you know, who's who was the one that hugged us as mm-hmm. kids if we were having a bad day. Yep. And he was this tall man. He went to, you know, he was a very he was a strong man, and <laughs> he had been in World War II, but he taught us about Borscht and Mozart and yeah. all of these things. And then, you know, or Mrs. Carr from my yearbook school, or the Pillsburys, which was a sister and two brothers. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you about them, yep. life changing, and that's what you're doing. You're now giving the opportunity for children like myself who needed that, who needed, who was sensitive, who who cried in the middle of the day for whatever, just because things were going on at home and uh, had abusive things with my biological dad or whatever it was, 
right? Well, people probably said you were dramatic. They were, yeah, you know? they did. And, and I would like, get in trouble. I would get a note home yeah. for for being, being disruptive, sens- yeah. right? Or for laughing because <laughs> someone said something that made me laugh, and for that moment, I was so happy that I laughed out loud. God forbid you have fun. And I would get a note home, yeah. and I would get a spanking from my, yeah. you know, abusive at the time biological. Yeah. Time. You know, it wasn't until later I also had a dad who raised me who was nice and would talk to me and say, "Hey, son, you know, it's good to laugh, but you know, just try to <laughs> like contain it. Like, <laughs> yeah, manage when. Time. Yeah, yeah it's like stuff like that, but." Um, which translated. So so you're giving now the opportunity for children that are increasing. There's going to be more of them. You're right. There's going to be, uh, I hope, more of them mm-hmm. that are sensitive, that are emotional, that are connecting and wanting to connect and wanting to be hands-on with their learning. Um, what's different with what you're doing with more learning and, say, Montessori, for instance? Um, we actually interse- kind of intersect quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I borrow a lot of things from Montessori. Yeah, which is good. Um, My experience with it for Mm -hmm. my child specifically, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things and a lot of it. I forget the exact term. It's like calculated risk or something like that. You know, where they'll give a child glass containers full of water in a Montessori classroom. You have to pour it from one of those glass containers to the other. Right. Now. I get it, the calculated risk, or again, I apologize to the Montessori people out there, I'm probably getting the term wrong, but Mm -hmm. with my son, (laughs) that glass water container becomes a projectile, Mm -hmm. and it's not because he's a bad kid, but he wants to like hear the smash, he wants to feel letting go, like letting it go into the air, he wants, Mm -hmm. I call him a smasher. That kind of classroom is not the most supportive environment for a smasher. Okay, okay. You know, um, so we've made a safe environment. We meet on a farm. Mm. Um, the kids work with the animals all day, um, caring for those animals. You know, giving, brushing goats, stuff like that, calming to the nervous system, not only for the goat, but for the child. Right. Um, I find that it's easier to be in an environment that's less structured, okay. even though we definitely have a rhythm. There is, you know, you can expect to do this, then this, then this during the day. But if we're seeing that people are a little bit jumpier and don't really, kids are a little jumpier, they don't want to sit down, we maybe extend that outdoor time. We maybe work on the farm a little bit longer. Okay. Now, give me a few examples of some of the children at the more uh, learning school. Um. They don't all have diagnoses. Okay. Uh, a lot of our kids came to us by way of homeschooling. Uh, that's kind of how I got here. You know, I, I had made the decision to try and homeschool my son, try being the operative word, because I lack the patience to do it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Bless the people that have it. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people have come to us that way because parents wanted that kind of education for their children, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason couldn't provide it themselves. Um, We also have kids who are involved in other activities. One of our students is a sponsored skateboarder. Okay. So he travels quite a bit um, to compete. We have other students that are models who also travel to work. Um, And and the beauty of our program is that you can kind of come and go as you please. We Mm -hmm. do work off of a homeschool curriculum so that book can go with you. You can keep doing your stuff. Um, They, I really, we have all the kids. Yeah. You know, some have diagnoses, some don't. But there's a reason they're all with us. What are some of the ones with diagnoses? Uh, well, my son specifically is on the autism spectrum. Okay. Um, he also suffers from an inflammatory brain disease uh, called pans pandas. And um, 
you know, there are children with dyspraxia that attend school with us, uh, dyslexia, ADHD. Um, but, you know, there's also kids that were just that kid in school mm-hmm. who constantly got in trouble. Yeah. Who had a hard time staying on track with academic work for focus reasons, stuff like that. So. Any that were typically violent and otherwise became more docile? Yes, absolutely. Um, we had a boy come to us last year. Uh, who had really struggled with school, who had started physically attacking his mother on the way to school every morning. Mm. Um, Turns out he was being bullied, and there were some other things at play in that situation. But um, when he started coming to school with us, he would happily get out of the car and walk onto the farm. Mm. You know, we end up with a lot of kids who have major school refusal, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. But we have yet to have somebody come with us who has refused school in the past that didn't then happily come onto the farm yeah you know so having the ability to be helpful mm-hmm. having the ability to truly play which mm-hmm. are two things that um, may not be as readily present in most schools um, I think are huge make huge differences from my fathering obs- observation mm-hmm. and I've also taught um, I taught art for a number of years while I went through school um, for what I do now, which is a physician, uh, you know, form of, of healing and teaching. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I heard once there was a study, and this is a little bit extreme, but the thing that separate this, the commonality that seems to separate the um, serial killer mm-hmm. from the average person was their childhood was not one of play. Mm-hmm. They had a childhood where they did not play. They mm-hmm. just, um, and so I encourage parents to encourage play and interaction in nature and allow them space to help and mm-hmm. to be useful. And, you know, whether it's in the kitchen with you and stirring things or helping you clean up, you know, maybe it's not like a command to do something that they don't like to do, but like help me because I'm trying to do this well and it's hard right that's hard yeah because it requires like that's something i struggle with and and it's been so eye-opening for me to start this project because i've had to learn how to involve my son in in stuff in the kitchen for example if you're like me i'm really type a Mm -hmm. i say i'm gonna do the thing i do the thing and Mm -hmm. i try to execute it as perfectly as possible right right? You're going to hand an eight-year-old boy (laughs) a spatula and ask him to help you. Right. It's not going to be executed perfectly. No. There has to be. (laughs) Well, yeah, you have to reserve that one thing that has some give. That's what I've learned. Yes. Because they're always like, can I help you? And you're like, you know, and it's kind of your time and your space to do your thing. And also, you want to have some pleasure. But, you know, there's always that one thing. Mm -hmm. And you can say, okay, we're going to get to your part soon. Mm-hmm. And then that's what how I've handled it. It seemed to work out. It doesn't always happen, <laughs> but you know, uh, occasionally it does happen. And now I have a daughter who I, you know, would always do it with me. And now she's a chef. Yeah, see, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I also think what we tell them, they're what we tell our children, they're good at. Yeah. They become good at. Right. And it's yeah. so funny. My husband talks about it all the time. He has this story from when he was a kid. That he grew up abroad partially, yeah. and his family used to travel quite a bit. And he's like, my family, he has two sisters, and his two sisters and his parents always used to tell him how good he was at packing his suitcase, 
right? And he's like, Michael, you're the best packer. You're the best packer. <laughs> and he's like, and to this day, he really is the best packer. Right. And it's because people told him he was. Right. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's all it takes, man. <laughs> I like, love it. <laughs> like, yeah. Just be like, you're really good at this. And right. they're like, yes. Yeah. So I've convinced my son that he is the world's best helper. Right. And anything I do, he's like, mommy, can I help you? Can yeah. I take that bag? And it's amazing. The what are the ages that you accept at the Moore Learning School? Um, first, we start at first grade just because our program requires a level of independence that we can't yeah. really like three year olds tough mm -hmm. in that environment. Um, so we start at first grade, okay. six, sometimes five depending on the kid. Okay, um, and then we go through sixth grade. Okay, so so one through six. Yeah, grade, and then. Uh, from there, where do they go? Is there anything available, or where do you recommend that they go? Or by that time, it's just... We're working on it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to make it so they can stay with us. Okay. My dream would be that I could keep these kids forever. Okay. Um, You know, and and I'd like to teach them because then they're... through 12th grade? Not, yes, yes. Not, not adopt <laughs> Not forever. No, I'm good. <laughs> we fall. Just, just be... You, <laughs> yeah. gotta, you gotta watch what you put out into the yes. universe, as they say. Yeah, not forever. <laughs> For their education. Right, career. Right, yeah. um, you know, I, I started working with a group that consults people starting. I'm quite, More Learning Center is is a micro school and micro schools are something that kind of were born out of the pandemic. And they're, right. they're schools that are independent, private schools that are 100 students or less. Mm -hmm. My, we're only seven kids right. I, and two teachers. Right. Um, and I intend to try and keep it that way for as long as possible because I think it's really beautiful. But right. um, this group has uh, really helped me kind of find focus and realize like what my eventual goal with this is. What I would like it to be is somewhere we can stay through high school. One of the women in this group runs a school where once the students graduate, you know, finish their, their high school career, they then come back and start teaching the littles. Okay. Um, and that would be, I don't know, I just think there's something so beautiful about that. Because yeah, that sounds great, Yeah. Actually. As Very a parent to a child and, yeah. on the spectrum, you get scared about employability and opportunities and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. like, if this could feed back mm -hmm. as an employment opportunity of something that he's done so he knows the answer and right. he can be the leader, I think right. that's really beautiful. I think that's brilliant. So, um, and uh, is there, and you have grants that help with. Um, I actually was just, fingers crossed, all mm -hmm. the juju, sparkle, whatever. Um, tentatively given my first grant from okay. the Vela Education Fund and what they do. So is, you're a non-for-profit, a 501c3? Um, I'm not, but I have a fiscal sponsorship with a non-for-profit. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Figure It Out Farm um, is a, a dear, dear friend of ours. She runs a farm for individuals with autism, actually adults, right. um, older teens and adults, and does therapy on the farm with them. We're using her farm right now. I see. Mm -hmm. So uh, if people want to donate and support and have the tax deduction that you receive. They can donate to figure it out farm on our behalf and just earmark the funds for more learning center. Understood. Uh, other than that, there's opportunities for growth just through direct support. I mean, absolutely. I just purchased out of my own pocket a six acre property in Jupiter Farms. Okay. Um, we're building it out for this express purpose. We just started demo. Um, you know, I've hired a contract. My husband actually works for a luxury home builder, so we're fortunate enough to have a lot of kind of contacts in that area. Right. However, um, 
I do not have a never-ending supply of money. (laughs) So, you know, anybody that's out there that's willing to donate time, materials, anything like that, we're happy to take it. Why not? Yeah. I mean, what better cause is it than the future of our children? Um, so there's more learning center, which right now is they can find online through at morelearningcenter.com at more learning or just more learning, more learning more learning center.com. And, um, of course there's social media. We are on Instagram those, and yeah. Facebook also both as more learning center. Perfect. Yeah. And as the founder, you, you see opportunity for growth, you see a space and you see, the benefits happening and it's real it's mm-hmm. happening real time mm-hmm. and it's only been how long uh we started literally out of in three weeks we th- i threw this together in october of last year right um so we started in october of 2021 so it's a year old uh, yeah congratulations almost happy exactly an- a year old happy anniversary thank you it's seven the 17th is wow. our one year yeah. wow that's a yeah. big big deal yeah, it's really cool yeah and wow. we have kids that wake up on Sunday morning and go, do I get to go to school today to their parents? Yeah. And their parents are like, no. And they're like, oh, well, and that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, if you've been listening and hopefully you're inspired and feel truly um, just blessed to, to know that this is happening, the More Learning Center School, founded by Kate Tricarico, thank you for joining us and thank being you. here. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm really happy knowing that there's probably parents listening right now thinking, Finally. <laughs> well, we're going to have finally, programs finally. for them, too, when yeah. we move. Yeah. So we'll have parenting workshops and stuff like that. So. Well, you all out there, spread the word. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living, um, brought to you in part by Vell Health. And uh, if you haven't downloaded it, download it today. You're healthier way. Vellhealth.com. Thank you.